Hi, I'm Vicky Ann, Director and Founder of Creative Recruiters. Welcome to the Creative Studio Insider Podcast. My special guest this week is Tara Hooper. Tara is the Creative Studio Manager and Consumer Experience and Visual Designer at Treasury Wine Estate. Thanks so much for joining me today, Tara. Oh, thank you very much for having me. It's my pleasure. You've got a big role. Why don't we start with me asking you... <laughs> how you got into the creative industry and what your career path has been? Oh, that's, um, that's a big question. And actually, when I was writing it down today, it, was, um, it makes you realise I've obviously been in the industry over 20 plus years. And um, I started in the industry in the usual way by doing a um, communication design degree. Um, and then my... Um, career took me through the opportunity to work in London, Brussels, um, Singapore, and obviously about 11, 12 years ago, I ended up here in Melbourne, which is now home, and I count myself as an Aussie now. Um, and obviously, um, yeah, so I w worked for myself in Singapore, so I had, um, had my own business, which you'll find working for Treasury has helped, which I'll touch on a bit later, mm. um, and then I've worked um, for Mercer and um, obviously I started as a, a designer and then went on to be a senior designer and then gradually did the traditional thing of then becoming an associate creative director and that was in Singapore and obviously having a mentor that was really great as a creative director taught me how to take that next step and working for yourself helps you to do that um, and so then um, I found myself working in-house after lots of experience being in agencies, working on branding, mm. signage, oil companies. Um, so my career, I suppose, has been quite diverse. And then obviously in the last few years studying UX design and service design. Um, and obviously the last six years I've been working at Treasury Wine Estate. Um, yeah, so 11, 12 years ago I arrived here um and freelanced for the first few years yeah. and then i got an opportunity to be the creative service designer for um mercer run by fuji xerox um which sort of gave me the first introduction to working in a corporate environment after all those years of working on the other side um and then uh that I had a team of about eight or nine, which was digital and um, print and procurement. And I think it's quite an interesting, one of the biggest things about being in a corporate that I felt was one of the challenges was you want to bring that studio environment into a corporate environment. And it's really like having your own business within a business. It just happens to be your clients. You sit next to them or you might have a coffee with them and see them every day versus when you're in a studio or a brand company, you're not, you know, you, you, you have appointments to go and see them. So you sort of have to represent yourself as if you're a service and show that at the levels of if you were in a corporate, you know, in a branded company or a design company, but at the same time, um, I've lost my train of thought. I'll try again. Oh, dear. Um, so I suppose yeah. So my my um, my uh, um, 
the experience took me to then work for Treasury Wine Estates, which I was just about to talk about. Um, and my first day, as I said, was a Mac in a box on the table and a hard drive. And they said, can you now create a design studio? So I sort of said, um, well, there's a few things we need to change here. <laughs> um, so processes, obviously, building processes, working with IT. And at that stage, IT was in India. So on the phone every day, trying to get the Macs in a PC environment. That's always oh, one of the challenges. That is one of the challenges that a lot of creatives face when they go in-house is the dreaded PC. But I didn't have a PC. I had a Mac, but I had the opposite where we were the only Macs. And so when I was asking for network support, they, I'd get them to a certain point and then go, sorry, can't, can't support you because you're on a Mac. But I managed to make relationships with certain people in, in, um, in India at the time and gradually as time went by, uh, managed to get the server up, managed to get, and then built processes and filing and all that sort of stuff. So it was, it was like starting from scratch. And as I say, I, I took a lot of experience from working for myself. And obviously the best filing processes um, and all sorts of brief forms and everything else that I've done over the years and brought it all to Treasury. And um, then obviously had to employ people and then actually got two staff and at the same time having to learn um, a new sort of process, which was a digital web to print process. So I had to learn coding. Um, and that was, I suppose, lots of people, how you do business cards where you can design, well, you can, you can order things online, but the designing of those things are done at the back end. So that was to support salespeople. And when I started the job, I was told, well, maybe you're too experienced for this role. And I said, um, well, it depends on how you look at it. You could say I'm experienced and it would give me that I can see the value and the opportunities of starting a design business within a, a corporation versus having somebody that's just what you want. And so initially I was brought in as just a senior designer, but I actually gradually became the creative service manager. And then basically for the next sort of four years, any opportunity that I could show the value of having a design studio within a corporation was what I kept on doing. We're talking about the value that, yes. um, you know, that you needed to show your internal stakeholders the value of having an internal design studio. Can I ask yes. you what those sort of key value points are? Yes, you can. Um, one of them I think is, is to showing, um, well, this is where you've got to understand how a business is run as well as the creative value to a business. Um, and so those values are often, obviously one of the first one is cost. Yeah. But if you stick to that one too much, then you get known which has happened in the past and then you have to pivot is that let's just use the internal design studio because they're cheaper. So then you have to go, yes, we are possibly cheaper, but it's the knowledge of the business that we know because mm -hmm. we live it and breathe it every day. Mm -hmm. um, it's the, the, 
the converse, you know, understanding the values and the vision and the mission of the business, understanding their, um, understanding that a creative agency is important, but we can actually add the value with them. So it's a lot of collaboration. Mm. Um, and the creative agencies aren't your competitors. They're actually your collaborators because we need them as much as they need us. Um, well, there's, there's a lot of design studios that will be very happy to hear you say that, Tara, because, you know, it isn't about taking any business away, is it? It is about that no. collaboration. What, so you spent all of this time in the beginning getting all the IT sorted and, and you know, building, showing the value and building the team. What does your team look like today? What, what, what are the roles of the people that you have? Now I actually yeah. um, have a art worker mm -hmm. um, and a senior designer and myself. Mm -hmm. um, so we're a little team, um, but we have freelancers whenever we have a project by project basis. So yep. again, as a service designer, one of the big things that you have to learn is how to project manage um, stakeholders, as well as obviously the creative and teaching somebody how things work. Um, and so, yeah, we're a little team, but actually a very strong team, mm. as well as also because we have uh, print procurement when you're in a big company too, a lot of print gets done. So we have um, a print procurement company and we have somebody that I manage that sits actually next to me when it comes to production and also overflow. So it's quite interesting because you have to manage two people within the corporate corporates sort of values, vision and manage their career development and all that sort of stuff. And then at the same time, you have somebody that sits next to you that works for another company who's your supplier, but actually you have to in, indoctrinate them, yeah. if that's the right word, yeah. into the values of the business. So, yeah, over time, sometimes I've had four or five. It depends on how many projects um, Do you I'm working on. Particular project management software or have you got your own Tara Hooper version? <laughs> um initially um i obviously in previous roles i used um stream time and obviously businesses like to use microsoft you learn that microsoft is a big tool within corporations um so i used excel i became a great guru of excel you had to learn for not only for doing um, my whips and my workflows to show yeah. stakeholders how their projects were going, but mm -hmm. also at the same time for showing myself, um, as well as for budgeting, as well as showing the value add and how many jobs you've done, because you have to justify purposes of why you're there. Yeah. Which I often find strange because marketers, marketing managers don't have to justify their job, but yet somehow designers still always have to justify the reason why they're sitting there. But that's just, just the nature of the industry and um who are you Trello. sorry you, yeah. no um i use trello now and the guys love that and that helps me because i'm able to then give accountability to the staff or to my team so that they feel they can manage their projects i just have to add them in there whereas the excel sheet meant i was managing everything yeah. so you learn to micromanage less and the more, the less you micromanage, the better, because that gives your staff opportunity to grow and also your staff the opportunity to take accountability. I think that when somebody develops a project management software, 
where we still don't feel like we need to use Excel. <laughs> I think that will be an amazing day. Well, I'm actually also the last year have actually managed to, with the external supplier, who's the production manager, um, we've had to transvert to a new web to print system. I actually created a workflow project because I felt we rely too much on emails. And as a, as a studio a creative manager, you find you're constantly emailing just to get the work onto Trello. So you find you're doing a lot of project, well, traffic management. And actually you're like, that's not adding value because I'm not being able to use some of the bits. There's got to be in today's environment, less ways to be doing things manually. So we've created a workflow stream that's online. So I can now just assign jobs that got job numbers. And also that gives me the opportunity to have more data and be able to see it because when I have to say how many jobs I've done and how many um, work we've done for this department and that department, I was having 57 different Excel sheets and trying to do it. And I was like, this is dope. I'm over this <laughs> I'm over Excel and pivot point. So I pitched it to the business and um, we're actually just in the second part. So it has three different brief forms depending on which part of the business you are. And also you can go in there and then that works for external suppliers and it connects to our dam. So what's the name just, of that software? Oh, it's a built, it's personally built. Um, wow. It was one that, um, but it's pretty much just a workflow process sure. um, system, many that you can get. Mm. It just happens to be this one because there's some specific things within um, treasury that we wanted to connect to the dam and to other things. So yeah, over the years, I've learned a lot about technology. <laughs> and, um, and who who are your clients now? Who are the who are your stakeholders, and what are their conflicting requirements? So, um, key stakeholders are marketing and shopper marketing, um, sales, and they're conflicting. Um, and also, then sometimes the executive leadership team sometimes IT. So, but the key is obviously that we do a lot of um, retail point of sale and we do a lot of, um, um, you know, retail point of sale and the venue point of sale. So you would have seen there's been a big shift um, in the um, restaurant business since COVID, which has been very interesting. And mm. uh, so I've been very much in how to digitalize that because that's obviously, so that was interesting. Um, Sales, as I say, they're very demanding um, and they have their own views of what they want because at the end of the day, they're selling to their customers mm. and marketing are trying to sell to consumers. So it's building that um, narrative. And often I ask the five whys and who's it for. And sometimes you have to do all that, you know, um, process thinking and just try and explain stuff. Um, and obviously that's helped me because a year ago or just over a year ago, I did UX design and service design at Academy XI. So that helped with the human centered design. So I'm constantly trying to explain what is the, you know, what's the consumer, what's the purpose of this. And I do that with my designers as well. Um, yeah. As I always say, we don't design for ourselves. We're designing for someone else to understand some form of communication. So yeah. Having your own opinions is not, is not um, why you do it. It's such a big role that you have. And, but despite 
emailing all day, every day. What does a typical day look like for someone like you at such a big company? So typically I will probably book out my morning to do emails because you can't, today's environment, you can't do anything that. Then I might have um, some meetings. That'll either be that I've been given some briefs and I want to clarify them and understand exactly what the problem that we're trying to solve is first. Um, sometimes my team need brainstorming, so we'll get together and have a look at what has been designed or what projects they're working on. Sometimes I've got to jump in because there's last minute things that need to be done and I've got to get my hands dirty again, which is you're often. Handy. You're, it's handy that you're still on the tools. <laughs> have to have to be, I think, when you, um, yeah, and sometimes it's easier to go on the tools to show because obviously being in COVID too, doing everything by video with your team is has been quite interesting. Um, sometimes there's some mentoring to do. Sometimes there's counselling to do. Um, so, so it's a real, every day is a mixture. Some days feel really, very smooth. Some days they don't. Some days I can really hone in on one project and really get my teeth into it. Sometimes I'm just coaching and training some of my stakeholders on how they can use um, templates better or how I can give them the power back. Because I think even from design, you don't have to do the design all yourself. Sometimes you want to give them the design tools, whether it's in PowerPoint templates or whether it's Word templates or even PDF forms or whatever, so that they can take their um, control back. Sometimes they want to learn Photoshop. So you sort of, every day is different and you look at it as going, well, I'm supporting them to be to ensure any form of material or collateral within the business is is um as professional as it can be of wherever you can yeah so sometimes i've got it issues sometimes i'm doing invoices um sometimes i'm chasing clients sometimes then you've got bigger meetings obviously you've got commercial whips where you have every stakeholder from different areas and then it's planning. What, what are we designing for the year? There's a lot of planning sometimes. And I find also you've got to be a big picture person. You've got to try and see all the little things happening and connect the dots and try and stop that trend of always being the last one to have to finish everything when it's, I call it the um, toothpaste tube where you're at the end and you're trying to squeeze everything off the end. So I try and make sure part of my job is to make sure, A, my team don't have to be pressurized at the end and you plan as much as you can to try and get as much information early so that we can hit deadlines. Um, and, you know, by your very nature, you're a, a, you're a problem solver. What's one of the more yes. complex problems that you've had to solve in your career? Oh, that's a big question. Um, uh, from a personal level is probably where I sit in the creative um, new, you know, um, network or the new sort of way that creative design is moving forward, which I think I solved that by learning and upskilling. And, um, and I think I find that exciting. So that excitement I try and give to my staff. Um, challenges from a creative perspective, 
actually, there's been so many. I was trying to think today. Some are as crazy as strategically. How do you resolve when a client comes with you the problem of I need to build a whole sales toolkit for them to understand, you know, how we sell wine in on-premise and retail. Here's a hundred page PowerPoint document. Can you make it look pretty? And I'm like, okay. So then you've got to go, you've got to digest it and then figure out, well, what are we trying to do here? What's the problem? What, what is the end use use of this? Um, and then working with, you know, internal writers that might not understand. And sometimes I go back to basics and go, well, what's the structure? What's the beginning, middle and end? Mm. And how do you want to use this? And how's the tools? So I find problem solving is every day. Um, other times is obviously this whole workflow network and we went live and the whole thing went down and you've got 70 people that are wanting to use it and you've got yeah. to try and um, deal with disappointments because there's nothing worse than launching something that then, you know, for technical reasons dies because with salespeople, you've only got one choice to please them. <laughs> and then after that, you're, um, that you do. you're gone. <laughs> and, and- you know, you came up through the design ranks and that's yes. how you got into um, creative services management. Other people come up through creative artworking, some some even marketing. Yes. What, what do you think are the distinctive character traits that a creative service services manager needs so that the designer or the art worker or the marketer knows that they, that, that could be a career trajectory for them? You, I think you have to be a big picture person. You need to be able to um, realise that you don't have to know everything, um, that you rely on this, your staff to be the knowledge. Um, and that takes a while to accept I can't do everything um, and allow your staff to grow. Mm. That, that's a big one. You have to have empathy. Um, you have to listen. Um, and you sometimes have to also realise that you have to compromise um, with either whether a creative role, you know, whether it's a design brief, whether you have to compromise how you build a team. Mm. Um, I mean, corporate has a lot of change. Um, restructures are an often thing. So change becomes the norm. Um, in the years that I've been there, I've had seven different bosses. They're not always people that understand the creative world. So you have to learn their language. So I think that's a big key that you're not to be frightened of business uh, vocabulary or learning about budgets or, you know, bottom lines and all sorts of things like that. And I think you have to sort of remember not everybody speaks the design language. That was probably one of my biggest challenges, actually, because you naturally speak that when you've been brought up that way. Whereas somebody that came through marketing wouldn't have that. They might have, sometimes the marketing people ask me, can you help me with the external design agency? They're not understanding my brief. So I'm able to help them communicate that way. So I don't think it matters which way you go. You just know that you've got to learn how to communicate with people that have come from a different background Mm. to understand what you're trying to get, what your end goal is together. I mean, I have had some bosses that just understand figures and I've, yeah, it's been quite difficult. That is a challenge. Um, 
You, you have a reputation for building high performance teams. What are the three key areas that would indicate to you that a team was performing at the level that they need to for your internal design studio to be successful? I think they need to be accountable. Um, they need to understand processes. They need to ask questions. Um, and they need to learn and keep pushing. Um, and okay. if they're not confident in it, and, and collaborate with each other too. I think, you, well, my opinion is you can't have, ergo, um, you can't have, um, you can't be egotistical in a small creative role and you have to support each other and know what your strengths and weaknesses are and rely on the other people within the team to solve the problem that you've been given together. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think, yeah, cause I've had, I've had challenges with, with staff and, and, and that's probably been the biggest learning, especially through COVID and, and through the last few years. Um, and even a two, a year ago, I actually removed myself from the service design department and went and worked in the IT department on a, um, a project as a UX designer. And so I sort of took a back step and I think it was a great way for my growth development as a manager because I remembered what it was like not to be the decision maker anymore and how it was like to. So that gave me a really good insight in how to look at things differently when I had to go back to my team. Um, I think that's so that a, was really interesting. I think that's a really interesting way of having that reminder. Mm. We're nearly out of time. I'd love to ask you one more question. What was the one bit of advice that you've been given along the way, perhaps in your early years, that still resonates with you today? Ooh. Be yourself, um, listen, and probably not doubt yourself. I think you do doubt yourself. Um, especially when in a corporate world, because it is hard. It is hard, a corporate world, because it does change so much. And when there is so much change, you forget. So, yeah. And keep having fun. I think you've just got to keep smiling and keep learning. Um, yeah. So it's actually been an interesting conversation with you, because it's the first time in many years I've actually just looked back at my life and gone, wow, because you just forget what you've done. And, yeah, it was... So I did, yeah, just keep learning. You've achieved. And if you don't know, <laughs> find out. <laughs> you, you've achieved so much and you've worked all over the world. And I know that, uh, that, that we in Melbourne are really lucky to have you here. It's always an absolute joy to speak to you. Um, thank you thank so you. much for your time today, Tara. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. And Take you guys have always looked after me throughout my career in Melbourne. So <laughs> thank you so much. It's our absolute pleasure to do that for you and your team. Thank you. All right. You take care. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.